This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIL and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Wright Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. WJIM Lansing and Classic Rock 94.9 WMMQ East Lansing Town Square Media Stations. This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker 1240 WJIM and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC Shaheen Chevrolet Price Wright Auto and RV Blue Moon Belgian White. Now let's talk to the Dean of Sports. Tim Stout and offensive-minded host Beanie Howell from the Price Right Auto and RV Studios. Welcome in White Law PLLC Tailgate Show. Here on 1240 WJIM, Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. I'm Beanie. You can hear me weekdays from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. on the game, 7.30 a.m. Joined, as always, by the Dean of Sport, Tim Stout. Heard daily from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the game, 7.30 a.m. Stout on sports. And behind the glass, as always, keeping us on the air and keeping you updated on traffic and weather. It's Brock Palmbush, also heard daily from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Stout on Sports, the game 7.30 a.m. All right, we're here for Michigan State's regular season finale. A chance to get to 6-6, six and six, punch a ticket to the bowl game, right? We've talked that to death, but before we get into that, Tim, maybe we can finally put a bow on Tunnelgate because on a Thanksgiving Eve news dump, the Washington, Washington County's prosecutor Washtenaw County prosecutor charged seven of the eight involved in the tunnel fight back at uh, a month ago at U of M. I'm just wondering, in all of your years, your decades covering sports, have you ever seen something that happened before, during, or after a game result in criminal charges? Well, I, off the top of my head, I've seen players get in trouble with the law during the season to this extent – uh, I don't think there's a bow on it. I mean, they got to go to court. They, I guess they've got the, the cases are going to have to be adjudicated. Do they get reinstated as football players or no? Is the Big Ten Conference now going to offer its own form of punishment? I don't think there's a bow on this close to it all. And I don't know how much longer it will go. Those players, will any of them play for Michigan State again? Some of them, all of them. Does it affect the way... The roster is put together for 2023. I mean, I think those are all questions amongst a myriad of questions for Michigan State football moving forward. Certainly, that, that you know, the questions surrounding the legal issues of these players uh, are, are to be settled. Now, whether there's, you know, we I heard from plenty of lawyers representing these guys right out of the shoot. I didn't hear anything from the Big Ten, and I didn't necessarily hear anything other than, uh, uh, you know, a general statement from the acting. Uh, president of Michigan State, Teresa Woodward, she just said, we're going to cooperate and we support our students and play. You know, there's nothing that really came out of it that was earth shattering. When and how this story moves forward, uh, I, I mean, I guess the next step I'm waiting to hear is what's the reaction from the Big Ten Conference? Don't know. We had heard all along that they were waiting for the legal process to play out. And as you said, uh, that's 
barely beginning. When I say put a bow on it, I mean so we can stop talking about it. Because oh, we'll I'm, be talking about this till the whole... I know, but I'm sick of it. Well, and I'm sure a lot of it. I mean, and it's just not... Well, like, you don't have to worry about burger. it much further because there's only one more game today. Then you don't have to worry. <laughs> then you can you can concentrate not on so fast, basketball and hockey or something else. You know, whatever. We'll talk about that, the potential for a postseason, even with a loss at Penn State today because it is very distinctly possible. We'll get to that a little bit later on. But with this whole legal mess with tonal gate i would like for us to just be able to not talk about it again but it just won't die um by design and that's probably my i mean the whole thing is such a a dog and pony show i didn't hear nearly as much about it this last week as i did about michigan state's epic collapse against indiana until what was it when when was wednesday wednesday at like 3 p.m so it was late in the week and then you got the thanksgiving holiday and so on and so forth um you know, but to me, the news story of the week was the untimely, if you will, epic collapse by Michigan State against Indiana, which has set itself up for a losing season. Uh, you know, be, I mean, if they lose today, it's even with or without some bowl game somewhere, it's a losing season one way or the other. And that was not anticipated with an expected win over Indiana. I'll tell you what, it's not tunnel gate to me. It's one of the all-time great losses I've seen. In Michigan State history, I agree. Uh, one of the all-time greats. There have been some great ones. There have, like that, immediately, that was one of the all-time greats. What immediately came to mind for me was like 2006 against Notre Dame, blowing a huge lead in the fourth quarter. The difference there, though, Notre Dame was a good team. Indiana is on a death spiral, or at least was. Right. Well, it reminded me more of the 2019 Illinois game late in the year in D'Antonio's tenure, when Illinois was down 28 to three with a coach that sooner or later was going to go and Lovey Smith. And they came back and scored right away at the end of the game and pulled the thing out in regulation. That team also had a pulse, though, right? That Illinois no, team Illinois, was... they ended up firing Lovey. I think it was the next year. They made a bowl game, though, and uh, that was a big deal for them. Like, they hadn't in, what, like a decade? So that team had a pulse. They had something to play for. Indiana's season was over. And they were on, like, their third quarterback because the other two were dead. That, that, that makes it more humiliating to me. Absolutely humiliating. No, no getting around it. Well, look, it's amazing to me how nature works. The weather today isn't exactly like the weather last week. So, you know, that said, um, obviously, I, I think weather to some degree affected the Indiana-Michigan State game last week. I mean, the Big Ten's got to be absolutely thrilled that it's got 55-degree weather across the Midwest today because you've got, you know, there's some games today, you know. I mean, we got the Big Ten West out there for Purdue to take by winning at Indiana. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, uh, Penn State trying to beat Michigan State and perhaps get to a New Year's Six Bowl with a 10-2 and record, a top-10 ranking, all that good stuff. So, uh, you know, this is Michigan-Ohio State is not the only game today uh, in the Big Ten that has significance for some of these teams, and they have good weather today to plan it and big fans in the stands for it. So, away we go. It's uh, Thanksgiving Saturday. We wrap it all up. Two of them are done. It's already mm-hmm. started with a wild finish with Nebraska and Iowa yesterday. And because Nebraska's got a brand new coach today, they hired Matt Rule. A good a, one. He gave him an eight year contract. Uh, he'll be introduced on Monday after a four and eight season, six straight losing seasons for Nebraska. But they did manage to really dent Iowa's season yesterday, <laughs> uh, big time. Now, whether but that's, also, like, they did a favor for all of us. 
we don't have to watch Iowa in a Big Ten championships game that's again correct. this year. There's Thank no, you, Nebraska. I mean, that's absolutely I'd correct. rather see a new team get sacrificed yeah, yeah, to guys, Ohio State. If, guys, if Purdue wins, we'll actually see a competent offense in the uh, championship but, game to, opposing Michigan But I don't know that State. Iowa would have lost yesterday if it hadn't lost its quarterback right away in the early stages of the game because his backup quarterback had played a couple of snaps this year, and that was it. Mm. And you were asking him to go in there when they were already in trouble. And while you know Nebraska somewhat let them back in the game, I thought I don't know if Iowa would have won it with uh, you know the senior Petrus, but he would. And it looks like if if they play in a bull, they'll play in a bull game. They're seven and five, but whether he's going to be healthy enough to play, his arm was in a sling quickly on the sideline. But anyway, good weather for the six Big Ten games today, and the four o'clock game on Fox Sports One, Michigan State and Penn State. Want to remind you the White Law PLLC tailgate show here on 1240 WJM Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ live from the Price Right RV studio is also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac, MSU Healthcare Sports Medicine, Doubting Industries, Shoepan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, Gravity Smokehouse, and MSU FCU. Okay. You know, before so, you get past that, though, on what is it, Brock, January 7th or 8th, they play basketball in the Breslin Center. And in all honesty, with the hard feelings that have come out of this football game between Michigan and Michigan State, and with that crowd and with Michigan's lightning rod personalities and Jawan Howard and Hunter Dickinson, I, I mean, I hope every you know everybody keeps their cool. But that's the first noteworthy event between those two since this football game, and this time it's in East Lansing. Well, that's a good point because Michigan's basketball program has had some issues in like post-game handshake lines. Like I think like three times and let them. We know the head coach has had issues. Well, the last time they played in Ann Arbor, I mean, you know, Hunter Dickinson got on the nerves of Tom. Yeah, Izzo he was. He was because he was talking, 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 yeah, talking, talking, talking at him too. So now, you ever seen that? By the way, they come. Well, I, I mean, you ever seen a player talk at a coach during a game? Only during the in, uh, in an NBA game, right? So that happens more so, frequently there, but not in college. Well, so a lot of times those guys it. used to play against each other. Well, right? so in some cases, yeah. So they so they meet up January eighth, and and whether there is a spillover of hard feelings in any way, shape, or form remains to be seen. Well, I think there will be hard feelings in the stands, but I suspect, given that and the spotlight, that things will be a little more buttoned up on the court. But you never know. Hey, speaking of that, um, I'm trying to get Washtenaw County Prosecutor Eli Savitt on the show today. I want to ask him what the statute of limitations is on Juwan Howard punching a coach in the head. Because i got to believe he's so concerned about, <laughs> about criminally charging seven football players for a tunnel fight that he must be absolutely aggrieved seeing but a that, grown man, multimillionaire, punch another man on live television. But that didn't occur in Washtenaw County. I know, Tim, it was a joke. But oh. if you want to be serious, he could use his office as the top legal authority in Washington County to maybe, maybe investigate some of the living vestiges of the Dr. Robert Anderson saga, right? That's there all. are a lot of coaches that are still alive that were involved in that. that. Lloyd Carr comes to mind. Until a few months ago, Gary Moeller was still alive. Like That's been the excuse I hear out of that part of the world is that the reason the law enforcement apparatus couldn't dig in more to the Robert Anderson scandal at U of M. The way they did the Nasser one at Michigan State is, well, he's dead. I understand. Yeah, that's all. But a lot of the people who enabled him 
aren't. I never get into this stuff. This stuff is over my head. I don't to like to with. either, but here's the thing. I, I don't get we've into got a pro- We've got the prosecutor for Michigan's sixth largest county actually using – and if I lived there, I would be pissed because that, that's taxpayer money going toward prosecuting football players. If that if if what happened in that tunnel had happened several hundred yards inland, I guess you would call it on the field, is there a criminal investigation? I guess maybe with this guy, a uh, tried and true U of M homer. Look at his Twitter. His tw- Eli Savitt, Washtenaw County prosecutor. Anyone listening? Google it. Go to his Twitter. He has go blue in his Twitter bio. He's an admitted season ticket holder. Right, big fan. It's also rumored he's a poster on the popular. MGO blog message board. Oh, and then there's this. Not only is he a uh, Ann Arbor native and U of M alum, he's employed by the university. He's on the faculty at the law school. I guess you don't like the outcome of this. Well, I I just I thought in the legal world there was something called conflict of interest that they're very nervous about. At least the lawyers I've talked mm. to. And by the way, for everyone listening. Uh, apparently, I'm just like Eli Savitt. I have no grasp of the law and what it should be used for. But anyway, my point is, I'm not a legal expert. The closest I come to it is I used to cover courts and cops for MLive for a few years back. Uh, and I can tell you, on either side, whether it was lawyers or the law enforcement agencies, they were all incredibly conscious and risk-averse when it came to conflicts of interest. Well, fair or unfair, I think the image for Michigan State going nationwide with seven football players charged with crimes is not a good look for Michigan State. It's not. It's almost like that was the whole point, yeah. Tim. Well, I don't know. As I say, I don't get into this on here because it's Tim, all over my head. I, I I'm trying it. to figure out I how they're it. going to figure out a way to beat Penn State today when they're an overwhelming underdog with who they've got. And they've won two games without those guys. I'm just trying to figure out how it got to a point where a person who posts on a Michigan fan site message board is allowed to criminally prosecute players from an opposing team. What the hell are we doing anymore? Like, And I know half of the listening audience, or I guess ostensibly, listens to 1240 WJM Lansing's Big Talker. Maybe they could help us out, considering this is the kind of stuff that happens in their part of the world every single day, right? Like all, all this political... BS and weaponization of, of uh, I don't know, what would, what would you call it? Our lawful institutions and the like. I don't know, man. It's just, I, I just think it's really dumb and a dog and pony show and it's incredibly transparent and yet we're all just going through the motions with it. I, I don't understand. I, I truly don't. But hey, that's where we are. Um, serious question though, when, when it comes to this, if you're one of the players one of the seven, what do you do? I have to have some inkling that they're not going to just lay down and take it, right? Especially because two of them, at least we know, have retained the services of attorneys, including Kari Crump, the only one who was charged with a felony. He's the one that swung the helmet. And he's retained the services of Mike Nichols, a very prominent Lansing area attorney. Former Channel 10 employee, right? Yeah. This is over my head, Beanie. I got to tell you, I'm out of this. Well, no, I'm asking. I'm, I'm just football. I'm, this I'm, is a tailgate show. I talk tailgate. If you watch oh, yeah? some scores, last Georgia week we Tech s- now leads Georgia 7-3 <laughs> at the end of one Last week we quarter. spent an hour talking about fight songs. Don't you give me that BS. Tailgate means something. If I could help you, I'd help you. Well, I can't I'm just asking, you. do you think the players fight it? 
That's why you hire an attorney, right? If it, I would think if you're charged with a crime, you're going to have to get an attorney and respond. I don't care. This is beyond me. Brock and I want to talk football. What about the penalties, do you think? As far as the guys' misdemeanors, do you think they'll – I don't think they're going to serve any jail time. I don't anything. think this is going to trial, of course, and that's another question. I mean, why the hell are we doing it then? It's a gigantic waste of time, resources, people who live there. It's a waste of their taxpayer dollars, but – yeah, this is obviously just a public smear campaign. It's leveraging of a public uh, resource, whatever you want to call it, the legal apparatus of Washtenaw County to score political points in a sports application. It's bizarre. I don't know. But you got to believe those players are going to fight it. And you got to believe, you know, I think I read that all of them have clean records. So that means it's going to be. Hey, do some community service, pay some fines, and it's expunged from your record. It won't. So then you got to ask yourself, what was the point? Well, it's very clear. The point was to publicly shame Michigan State some more. That that was the point of it. There's no legal outcome that makes this worth the time and investment. And like I said, two of them have retained attorneys, so you got to believe they're going to at least fight it. And I wonder, like, will they seek any kind of remuneration? Because now I think several of them have lost half of their final season, right? And then the rest who aren't up have at least lost half of a season. Like, do they turn around and try to get something in return? I don't know. I just hate the precedents, too. Like, where do we go from this? Like, is there going to be – it would be very political if it happened – the other way, like then the Ingham County prosecutor tries to do it. I, I just hope we don't get to that point. Anyway, yeah, it'd be nice to talk football. But, you know, when the prosecutor for Michigan's sixth largest county decides to drop a Thanksgiving news bomb like that, kind of can't avoid it, which was the whole point of dropping it then anyway. All right, on the other side, we'll talk to David Mad Dog DeMarco, get his take on the game. Maybe we can, uh, maybe he has some ideas. He's good friends with the title sponsor, Jamie White of White Law PLLC. Maybe we should add him on. He could explain it, see what he thinks. Uh, what else is coming up today? Obviously, Michigan State, Penn State, we'll get into the matchups and all that. We got betting angles galore on other games. And yes, we will keep you updated on the year-end pillow fight in Columbus. Right now, it's 7-3 Ohio State. <laughs> uh, college football playoff rankings, some important implications there this week. Just to tease that a little bit, Tim, I think your friend Nick might be in good position to sneak right back in ahead of two teams that beat him. We'll talk about that a little bit later on, too. All right. Back in a couple. It's the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show here on 1240 WJM Lantic's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Another travel update from the 1240 WJIM Traffic Center. Next, the Tom Izzo Show is back for another season on Lansing's Big Talker. 1240 WJIM. Get up close and personal with the head coach of Michigan State Spartan Basketball every Monday night. Be there in person or just call in and ask the question you want answered. The Tom Izzo Show on 1240 WJIM. Brought to you by Price Ride RV. Doubting Industries. Capital Insurance Services and Chupan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services. The Tom Izzo Show on 1240 WJIM. It's time for another game day travel update from the 1240 WJIM Traffic Center. Driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Uh, Let's take a look at your weather. First in State College, Pennsylvania for the big one. 
uh, in uh, for the Land Grant Trophy. Mostly sunny skies, 52 degrees. That's a, that's what it is right now. That's what it's going to be during the game. Increasing clouds throughout the game, and when it gets dark, it'll get down into the mid-30s. Too bad for this time of year. Here in East Lansing, 51 degrees, sunny skies. It'll be partly cloudy. Chance of rain later on tonight. It'll be all rain tomorrow. High temperature of 54 degrees. Right now, it's 51 degrees and very nice. Your travel update is brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIL and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Wright Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell from the Price Wright Auto and RV Studios. Welcome back, White Law PLLC Tailgate Show, 1240 WJIM, Lansing's Big Talker, and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. We're coming to you live from the Price Right RV Studios, and we're also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Dart Bank Mortgage Joe Sambear, Ameriprise Financial Craig Stiles, DBI We Do Office, High Caliber Carding and Entertainment, The Student Bookstore, The Nuthouse, and Gazelle Wealth Management. Now it's time for Mad Dog's Take on the Game with David Mad Dog DeMarco, brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White. One of a kind every time. Blue Moon is a proud sponsor of Michigan State Athletics. Dave, how are you? And do you have any legal insight onto what the hell the end game is with the Tunnel Gate 7 who have been charged? Well, I'm in Ellisville, Mississippi, Dean, and Bran, as we speak. I'm uh, two hours outside of New Orleans, where tomorrow we depart out of Port New Orleans on a week-long cruise, the Love Boat. So we're going on a cruise out of New Orleans. It's about six hours from Cedar Bluff, Alabama. So, Dean, I don't think you've ever been to Ellisville, Mississippi, have you? You're a world traveler. No, I was in New Orleans last spring, though. Uh, but I was—I've not been to Mississippi. I have to confess, I've not been to Mississippi. Oh, it's lush. It is. Uh, as far as the tunnel gate, I, I just think. I don't think anything's going to happen to these players. I think it's you know a formality, and they'll get some community service, and everybody will go on their merry way. That's what I believe. Well, what if you're um, Michigan State, though? Like, what do you do with them? Obviously, they remain suspended. Tucker has said all season, or ever, ever since this happened, they can't just get reinstated in the middle of a week and, and play without practicing for at least a week, so they won't play. But what happens to their eligibility and stuff like that, do you think? Well, I think what's going to happen is it's not like the pandemic. I think, you know, they are going to have to forfeit the eligibility they would have uh, going. I think they're done for the rest of the season. If Michigan State wins today, they'll be bowl eligible. I don't think they'll compete in that. And I think they'll do what legally is asked of them in the offseason. And it'll be Mel Tucker's decision and the player's decision uh, if they want to come back and uh, participate. Now, if some guys don't have any eligibility – then they're SOL. It's just the way it is. They don't, they, you know, they put themselves in that position, whether it be wrong, right, baited, or whatever. But I just don't feel that, uh, that they'll, if you're, if you're a senior, you, you're done. But if you have time coming back, does the university want to bring some of these guys back? Yeah, I would imagine uh, under certain circumstances. I mean, we've, we've watched other players come back, uh, that, you know, if, 
been in bad situations. So that, that's that's what I believe. I mean, it'll be it, it might be individual to individual. I mean, look at Terrell Pryor and those guys with Ohio State with the uh, tattoo gate thing that they had and selling their jerseys before you could do that. And they said to Trestle that they would uh, honor and not come, you know, you know, stay away for five games the next season. While Pro Pryor went in the supplemental draft, uh, and Al Davis took him to the Raiders, so he didn't, you know. Then everybody knows Trestle was pushed out uh, for Fickle and then Urban Meyer. So I think it's going to be case by case. But I mean, I think Mel Tucker, uh, he's got to get players. I mean, Nick lost three really good players to the transfer portal this week. Trey Sanders is a real good running back. I mean, I mean he would just step right on most of the Big Ten squads and start right off the bat. But they're going to be so loaded up with uh, really good recruits and guys that were incoming uh, freshmen this year that participated a lot. And, uh, you know, and they got the Auburn, they got the Iron Bowl today. Uh, last I saw, Michigan was up or down 7 nothing. I don't know unless that changed. 10-3 to three, Ohio car. State right now. So, as far as Michigan State goes, I mean, that really threw me a curveball. I never saw that coming last week. They were up. They didn't put the foot to the throat. They had their opponent beat. They didn't close the deal. And we saw how that had gone down. I mean, Dean was there. It is, I mean, people just had to just be knee-walking out of there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you got an opportunity to put your opponent away. I've always said that. I mean, do it. I mean, they needed that win. Uh, they had Indiana beat. They let him back in the game. That quarterback was good enough. Running back was good enough. Uh, they didn't perform well. I think the only way they get by Penn State, you know, they got to play the games like you guys always say. I mean, crazier things. Nobody thought that they would compete against Illinois. Going into Happy Valley, the weather's going to be good. I think they're going to have to pass a lot because their running game has almost been, it's been not even marginal at best. So, I mean, Berger's going to come back, and I don't know Broussard with the pandemic. But they need a running game, and their offensive line. I know they've been decimated by some injuries, but that's part of the deal. But he, you know, he's still Thorne still got really good receivers and decent tight end, and they're going to have to go up. If they win this game, they're going to have to throw the ball. And their defense was really shoddy last week at best. That's being complimentary, letting uh, Indiana back in the game, the beginning of the game. That quarterback owned that team, and uh, he, you know, he, he saw some flaws. Their, their offensive coordinator, Tom Allen, saw some flaws. They took advantage of it. And, you know, they just ripped the heart out of the fan base of Michigan State because now this is going to be uh, a Herculean effort at best for them to get by uh, in State College. And can it be done? Yeah, hell yeah, it can. But, I mean, I like, to be honest with you guys, the best deal is taking the points of Michigan State. That, that's what I like right now. It's up that's to 19, right? Yeah. Nineteen is yeah, a lot. Michigan State will Michigan State will play hard. I mean, this is the last game. This is do or, or do or die to go to a bowl game. It's almost you almost have to work at not being able to go to a bowl game. Yeah, it's just it's incredible how how this team and you and we say it every week when I'm with you guys. How much, how much they counted on Kenneth Walker the third, and then Kenneth Walker the third, Lorenzo. They're in the house last week at Spartan Stadium, and they had to you know. See that that demonstration of how a team just absolutely chokes, and uh, I'm not going to hold back. I, I don't care who's listening. I, there's no way, rhyme or reason, you could stick up for Michigan State last week in that game. They had the game won. They were up at half. They were up most of the game. They let Indiana back in the game. Indiana took advantage, and they walked out of there with a dub. And 
That, that's on. That's on the head coach. He's the head coach. That's the way it is. So between you and Tim, and all your years being around and uh, being a part of this, can you remember a team beating another team while completing one pass in regulation? Well, two if you count the overtime. I brought that up this week. Name the last time a visiting team won a game in Spartan Stadium and completed two passes. Or anywhere in football. I, like High school That's teams complete more than that. I, I mean, you'd be going back to the football. 1920s. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I knew that you know Michigan I, I State wouldn't that, have but... that. Uh, but I don't remember anything close to that. Yeah. I mean, anything they close to that. They didn't have to throw the football. I know. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the quarterback option, the quarterback yeah. draw. I mean, they just couldn't. Well, and they knew it was coming. You're just, it, right. I mean, you you know, I I commended those guys that came in, that took the place of the suspended players, and the, the play calling, again, was suspect. Defensive coordinator was suspect. Well, the special teams were a, special teams like were a disaster. Here. A disaster were the special teams. Yeah, they were t- absolutely. And I can't believe this Behringer kid is the best. I mean, I can believe it because he is. He's the best punter in the nation, and he's the most valuable player on the team. There's no getting around it. But Peyton Thorne's got some good weapons with Coleman, Mosley, and of course uh, his high school teammate Reed. So utilize these guys because, you know, what 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 does Berger have? He doesn't even have like 500 yards, and he's the leading ground gainer. Uh, I I don't know what to say. I, I mean, as far as the offensive keys, I'm going to get get to those sponsored by White Law in a second. But I was I couldn't believe it. I really I, we sat here, you know, and I watched the Bama game too. I mean, they played Austin P, and you know Auburn is going to be up for this game, except it's in Tuscaloosa. Cadillac Williams is trying to get interim off that uh, a job tag. If he, you know, if he has a good showing against uh, Nick today, there's a good chance that he'll. Uh, and they've been playing better football, but they're in the same boat as Michigan State. I mean, they're five and seven. They got to beat Alabama today to get bowl eligible. That ain't happening. It's just not. It's not happening. Bryce Young's last game playing uh, for Alabama. It's not going to happen. Like I said, they had three outstanding players getting the transfer portal. And they could start for any team in the country only because they know they're not gonna they're not gonna be at full throttle. That's why Saban always says the depth chart. I have no depth chart. Getting back to Mel Tucker, I mean, if they don't make a bowl game, there's gonna be a lot of people gassing that guy for that situation, what happened last week against Indiana. So like what? I said, stranger things have happened in sports, you know, that's why they play the games, but I like Michigan State. You know, getting those points if, as far as you're talking bet line. Sure. Why don't you give us the uh, offensive keys? Offensive keys, of course, brought to you. This is off the top of my head. Brought to you by White Law PLC. If you're going to pick a law firm that's going to go to bat for you, it's definitely Jamie White and his staff. They're located in Okemos on Jolly Road. As I said to you guys, you know, you're probably sitting there shaking your head, just like Brock always says. It's, it's pretty much they got to throw the ball. It's the opposite of what Indiana did because they can't run the ball, so they're going to have to throw the ball some real good receivers. I don't know exactly how strong the secondary is that Coach Franklin uh, has. Now, can Coach Franklin, can he lose big games like this? Because he knows that, you know, Mel Tucker's team is going to come in here loosey-goosey, you would think. they got nothing to lose because if they, if, if they can't cut the cake and get this done, they're not going anywhere. So I, as far as I'm concerned, I, I look for Thorne. He's the key. He's—I mean, last week he was thrown behind receivers, 
throwing over receivers, throwing to the side receivers. Then sometimes he would make just absolutely Joe Willie Namath passes. So he's got to play a perfect game and utilize his electric receivers for them to have a chance to win that game. That's it. And, of course, the offensive keys are sponsored by White Law PLC. Dean, how's everything going for you? Holidays good for you? Yeah, in Thorne's defense last week, Dave, that weather, that's as bad a day for football players to play in Spartan Stadium as I can remember. It wasn't, you know, the field was in mint condition. I give their grounds crew credit. They had it absolutely right. perfect. But the wind chill in there and the wind gust kept it was that. Cold. Well, they closed the east upper deck because it, they, <laughs> they had no plumbing up there. So the ticket office on Friday called every ticket holder in the east upper deck and offered them a ticket in the lower deck because there was going to be no plumbing in the upper deck on the east side. Damn. So that emptied that. <laughs> but even below, at its height, there were about 30,000. Then at halftime, when it's 24 to 7, I estimated it got down to about 15,000, and the students were long gone, as Ernie liked to say. And then by the time we got to the end of regulation, it's down to 5,000. And in the second Second overtime, 3,000. And all of it because the weather was so brutally cold and bitter. So in Thorne's defense a little bit, that those were not the kind. If he was throwing into the wind, Indiana never bothered. The only time I give them credit, when they got to the second overtime, they decided we are not going to be able to run this thing down there again. They threw it on first down to the tight end. He got to the one-yard line. Then they scored. They had to go for two. He threw it again on the extra point because he had to. That made it 39-31. One state threw four in the end zone. They couldn't get any of them. Game over. But it's a great no, loss. I mean, I'm not going di- to. I'm not going to disagree because you were there. I mean, I followed the weather. Of course, you know, I wasn't crying because I wasn't there because the weather was so terrible last weekend in Mid Michigan. Okay, so you know, I'll give him a little bit of that. But the, the weather is going to be good at Happy Valley today, so he's going to have to play his rear off for them to win this but game. To your, but, but to your point for this season, my member, my memory of this season, assuming that this plays out today like it's expected to play out, this is the most inconsistent Michigan State right. team I can remember in a long time. And when I say that, I mean they were non-competitive against Minnesota. They had no reason to win against Illinois, and they did. They hung in there a little bit against Wisconsin. But the same players that make good plays on one series, you can't believe what they do on the next or one quarter to the next or one half to the next or one game to the next. I mean, counting on them to have a consistent, my opinion, with the exception of the punter. I mean, this is the weakest place-kicking team I can remember they've had in years. In years! Um, but it is what it is, and there's a lot of work to do if they're going to get better in 2023, that's for sure. Dave, no, what's your I pick? We got a agreement that when he missed that chip shot, and I, and I, I, just, I could just feel, you know, him puckering up out there. I could mm-hmm. just feel it through the TV. <laughs> I remember when John L. Smith had the same kind of problem. They were like having open tryouts, and that nickname guy Chips Ahoy got the kick. And I, I don't understand <laughs> it because there are so many great soccer schools in this country. There are right. so many high schools in this country. You can't. I mean, you need to have a kicker. Punting wise, they got the best in the country. You got to have a guy that can, at least in the red zone, a chip shot, nail it, and you walk off the field with a victory. This guy got up there, and it was like I didn't know if he was kicking or Stevie Wonder was kicking. I, 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 I couldn't figure that out. And you know, and Tucker, he, uh, his mannerisms and facial expressions are just 
gut wrenching because you inside his brain's got to be going. I, I, I can't believe this. I, I can't believe this is happening. Well, it is. And you're right, Jim. That that is the way this season has gone. Inconsistent. Then the, then you had the absence of players because they got suspended, and you know one thing leads to another. The place kicking, and you don't want to point your finger on one person because it's a team game. But it's also a team game from the coach at, at the top with his staff and the players that they have. And you know it's just it's unfortunate. And for that, you know who knows who's going to show up today? Are they going to show up and they're going to compete? Or are they going to, you know, get get boat raced? I don't know. All right. Before we get you out of here, Dave, give us your uh, prediction for Michigan State at Penn State oh, today. I don't know. Hell. Um, <laughs> 28, 28-17 uh, Penn State. That's Mad Dog's Take on the Game, brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White. Thanks, Dave. Take care if we don't hear from you again. Or All right, if, uh, fellas. See you. Take it easy. You too. All right, that'll wrap up this segment. 28-17 is the exact same score a Penn State beat writer Johnny McGonigal gave me on my show this week. Really? Penn State 28-17. The line, by the way, up to 19.5. We can talk about that a little bit more. Michigan has just stopped Ohio State on fourth down at the Michigan 35. Michigan has the ball, trying to drive the other way down 10th. Early returns don't look good. Do you agree, Tim, for Michigan? Because Ohio State's doing like that death by a thousand cuts thing. They're getting like 10 yards a pop. Well, but they're only a score down, though. I mean, and, and, you know, know no big explosive plays over the top. Although know, that, that fourth down pass was beautiful. I don't know how that guy dropped that. I think we should probably congratulate Jackson Lumen Christie, don't you think, Brock? Uh, they won today 15 to 12, came from behind and beat Traverse City St. Francis to win the state title in Division 7. There you go. Go Titans. So that's what victory for him, number 2,000, 9,000, whatever it was. I think it's 395. I told Brock when I came in, I saw a little bit because I was out of town this morning, and I came in and saw a little bit of the third quarter. Nobody moved at a foot. And then somehow, and I didn't see it, Luma Christie scored twice and got a two-point conversion at the end of the game, and they won the game 15-12. to 12. Traverse City St. Francis was undefeated, beat them in, in week two. So three more high school games today, but none of them local. But if you want to see the quarterback, states chasing. Dante Moore. You can watch him tonight at 7.30 when Detroit King, uh, they're playing Belleville, aren't they? Muskegon. Muskegon, yeah. And Muskegon's quarterback might be even as good. All right, we'll talk uh, a little bit more about that on the other side. I'll get you a Big Ten and Top 25 scoreboard update, too. It's it's, uh, the White Law PLLC tailgate show from the Price Right RO and RV Studios back in just a couple of minutes. Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM Lansing, and Classic Rock 94.9 WMMQ East Lansing, Town Square Media Stations. Place your hand in your heart. Measure the beats. One, two, three, four, five. That's how long it takes to protect your child's life. Five heartbeats. That's how long it takes to learn about the dangers of pesticides that could be found in your child's classroom. Asthma, lower IQ scores, and cancer have all been linked to prolonged exposure to these toxins. But if you knew there were toxin-free alternatives to pesticides, if you knew you had a voice regarding their use, if you knew you could take action that would make your child's classroom safe today, wouldn't you do something? In a heartbeat. Log on to earthshare.org today 
and find out how you can help. A public service message brought to you by Earthshare and the Ad Council. Presenting great moments in firstgov.gov history. For years, Americans have turned to firstgov.gov for their government information. 2000. Mrs. Marilyn Gorman takes online government to new heights, applying for Social Security benefits before breakfast. And got them. Okay, who wants pancakes? 2002. In what later became known as the download heard round the world, the Duggans of Wichita print their own passport applications in their underwear. Honey, get dressed. Looks like we're going to Luxembourg. And 2004, firstgov.gov astounds Anna Maria Montero of Biloxi by promptly answering all her emails, no matter how often she asks a question about the government. Sure, the U.S. government can get back to me every time, but that son of mine? Huh. Make your own great moment. Log on today. Firstgov.gov. It's government made easy. Back with more of the White Law PLLC Telgate Show on 1240 WJIM and 94.9 MMQ in less than 60 seconds. The Michigan State Spartan hockey team is back for another season on 1240 WJIM. Never miss a game again, whether you're on the go or just like doing it the old-fashioned way and sitting around the radio. Every face-off and every playoff can be heard on Lansing's exclusive home for Michigan State Spartan Hockey. 1240 WJIM, Lansing's only home for hockey. Avoid the interruptions from the games and listen longer in the free 1240 WJIM app. It's time for another game day travel update from the 1240 WJIM Traffic Center. Driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Uh, Taking a look at your weather for today. Absolutely fantastic weather for Thanksgiving weekend and State College for the big game. Mostly sunny skies, 52 degrees. Increasing clouds as it gets dark uh, tonight. It'll get down into the mid-30s. won't get that cold by the time the game ends. Around somewhere between 7.30 and 8 o'clock. Here in East Lansing, fair skies, 53 degrees. Another beautiful day. Partly cloudy skies later on. And then a slight chance of some rain. But should be good for the game today in uh, Happy Valley. Your uh, travel update is brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. This is the White Law PLLC Telgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Right Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, now let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Right Auto and RV Studios. Welcome back, White Law PLLC Tailgate Show, 1240 WJIM, Lansing's Big Talker, and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Coming to you live from the Price Right RV Studios, and also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac, MSU Healthcare Sports Medicine, Doubting Industries, Shoepan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, Gravity Smokehouse, and MSU Federal Credit Union. Let's take a look around the country, top 25 action elsewhere. In Columbus, Buckeyes up 10 to 3, almost halfway through the second quarter. Uh, the good news for Michigan so far is despite the bad news, which is Blake Corum tried to go and played like a series and then hasn't been seen since, so it looks like he's done. Donovan Edwards is playing, and uh, really, they just forced Ohio State's first punt. 
And it's really just been death by a thousand cuts so far because Ohio State hasn't really blown one over the top. Are you surprised by that, Tim? I'm surprised Ohio State has a punter. They don't need a punter, do they? Do they ever? <laughs> that was need, the first one today. Do they ever have to punt? I don't think I remember seeing a punt all year long. Uh, am I surprised by this game? Is that what you asked me? That Ohio State hasn't blown one big play yet. No, they haven't. I, you know, I mean, this is these are the best two. I mean, they're both eleven and all. These are the best two teams. They've been talking about the doggone game for one year now since they last played in Ann Arbor. So I would think that they're all prepared and ready, you know, to go and all that. I mean, Ohio State makes big plays against the lousy teams. This is the best team Ohio State's played, but they haven't had to. To me, a big play for them is a first down off a pass, whether it was short, long, or whatever. And they're obviously good at holding the ball, but you know, after a somewhat shaky start. Ohio State took the opening kick, went right down the field and scored, and since then they've just, both of them, jockeyed around a bit. I do think Michigan Michigan offensively is going to have to do more than just let McCarthy throw the ball around without running the ball to some degree, because that's not what they do, and it's hard to do that against Ohio State and and be successful. And they're putting pressure on him, too. That's so. the other thing. Right. And they have not gotten to Stroud yet. No. He looks pretty comfortable. He's too but fast. they are playing a ton of coverage. Like, I've seen them drop eight guys back a few times already today. But if you bet Georgia, you bet them giving up how many hundred points to Georgia Tech, and they're up 10-7 to seven late first half. I don't know what the line was in that game. Do you? 35, Brock, something like that. Georgia was like a th- – and he may still cover. Don't get me wrong. But Georgia led after one quarter. Georgia Tech led after one quarter, and the last I saw it was ten to seven. Georgia was leading late in the first half. That is where I was going next. The Bulldogs have a ten seven lead about two minutes until halftime. There, uh, elsewhere in the top twenty five, another rivalry game: South Carolina at Clemson. Clemson with a sixteen fourteen lead halfway through the second quarter. Uh, Some conspiracy theorists think Clemson is very much alive for the playoff. We'll talk about that and whether that's accurate or not. And then um, that does it for current top 25 action. There's only one other game going on in the Big Ten, and that's Rutgers at Maryland. Terps up 14 to nothing, about a minute until halftime there. Keep you updated on that. And, of course, Michigan-Ohio State throughout. Again, uh, Buckeyes just punted Michigan. uh, It was a touchback, so Michigan will have the ball. 14-0 Maryland, that's the score? They're yeah. on the road for them. So they're going to finish, what, 7-5. and five. Uh, Maryland's going to. Brock, is Tagovailoa back next year for Maryland? He has another year left because of COVID. It's, it's his option. If he comes back, you know, where they are. I mean, they hung in there against Michigan. They hung in there against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. They hung in there against both of them. I doubt it, and here's why. Not a super loaded quarterback class this year, right? Right? You're, like, mean, you're saying uh, wouldn't he go now? He has a better shot of getting drafted higher. Let's see. I, I, I don't, Bryce, I, let's talk uh, Bryce Young. Well, he's not even projected to go number one, right? Like, there's a bunch of guys ahead of him, according not, to uh, Mel Kuyper, like know, Will Levis for some reason from Kentucky. Yeah, I'm not sure about hype. Will Levis. I heard him at the start of the season. I'm not sure about him, but but uh, Bryce Young. I mean. Theoretically, he could come back. He's got two more years of eligibility, but nobody expects that to happen. Right, exactly. What about Stetson Bennett? What about uh, yeah. the guy at Oregon? Uh, Bo Nix? Bo, Bo he does not have a, a big the NFL Southern, rep. A, Neither does the Stetson Southern Cal guy's young, too. Right? Yes. He's not eligible this year. All right. Caleb well, Williams if, Tagovailoa, if, if Tagovailoa comes back, uh, I mean, I think he's really upgraded them dramatically. So 
Keeping him healthy has been an issue. Well, that's been the huge issue is keeping him healthy. The draft Knicks have, like, C.J. Stroud is the number one quarterback coming out. And then Will Levis I've seen either second or third. Yeah. Um, And then, yes, uh, we just talked Bryce Young is in the mix. But what about Drake May? Uh, Oh, from North Carolina. Now, he's a redshirt freshman. Does that mean he can come out? That's two years. So he needs one more year. That dude... I know they lost last night in overtime to South Carolina. They missed a field goal. Missed a chip shot, Excuse me, goal North Carolina overtime. State. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that guy gets no pub. He's got the best best passing numbers in the country this year, and that's not an opinion. Go look it up. He's, yeah, he's really good. He's incredible. Anyway, all right. Um, here's why I wanted to go next, fellas, because we are what two and a half hours from kickoff now, and it'll be Michigan State and Penn State's thirty seventh all time meeting. Tim, do you know what the split is between? What would you guess the all-time standings is between Michigan State and Penn State? Again, they've played thirty-six times before today. I'd say twenty wins for Michigan State. Oh wow! Okay, I figured you would. I would think Penn State had a handful more, uh, but you're you're close to right. State leads eighteen to seventeen with one tie. Mm, oh, I thought I thought it would be uh, more uh, one-sided either way than that. I thought Penn State would have, yeah, like a five-game lead, considering, and that's what the point I'm getting at here. You'll see what I'm talking about. But State won here last year, 30-27 to 27 in the snow. The last six meetings are split three apiece, and State has won two of the last four played in State College. Does it surprise you that this thing is so competitive, considering if you increase your altitude to 35,000 feet cruising altitude, Penn State almost always has better talent and more resources and all that than Michigan State. How is this thing even close, let alone Michigan State have an all-time lead? What, what's your uh, opinion on that? Uh, Michigan just hit an 80-yard touchdown pass. That'll make it 10-10. to 10. Cornelius Johnson <laughs> just took it 80 yards on a missed tackle. Can you stay on topic, please? Uh, <laughs> I think that the two teams, when they play each other traditionally, with a few exceptions, are going to play very close games that are very well contested. Last year's game, you know, the weather was a factor uh, here. I don't think Penn State has any kind of warm feeling for Michigan State. And the game's better when it's played the last game of the year because there's more riding on it for both. The problem all the Big Ten teams have is going up against the Michigan-Ohio State game. You know, in terms of, but what does it have to do with Michigan State having an all-time lead in the series? Like they played a lot of times prior to Penn State's getting in the Big Ten. Duffy played them a couple times. Biggie played them a couple times, and that was really before Paterno got, you know, got it going at Penn State. Uh, his predecessor was uh, Ray, uh, who I can I see is we've got white. <laughs> I can see the guy that that uh, Joe succeeded at Penn State, but they played each other a number of times before that, where Michigan State got a lot of wins. The fear I have today for Michigan State is the game that uh, Brock. What was the the Larry Johnson game in the early two oh, thousand? That was, was two thousand five. Yeah, two thousand two. Uh, Larry had, Johnson Jr. ran for over three. They put up seventy points in the first half. Yeah, they had seventy yeah. points that game. 73, maybe? Remember that one? You know, picking Michigan State and how they're going to play in these games is not impossible because they never play almost the same way week after week after week, even if they, the competition's inferior. And I couldn't believe, I thought Indiana, they were so weak. They were ready to go home at halftime. They were cold. They were down. So you just, yeah. like like Dave said, I mean, you just figure State's just kind of like everybody else. Everybody else was going home to watch the end of the Michigan-Illinois game because the game was in doubt. And then the Indiana kid ran the kickback. Which, by the way, that's the only thing Indiana does well, kick returns. And this numb you-know-whats. 
that's the special team coordinator for Michigan State, Ross Ells, decides, let's kick to him. Let's give him a chance to return it. The only way they can hurt us. Well, and then they had a long run early in the, what, in the first half. They had a, you know a guy just broke around right end. He went all the way and outran Michigan State secondary. I, I mean, I, I, you know, look, everybody that analyzes this game all over the country has come up with the same thing: seventeen points, eighteen points, nineteen points, which to me sounds somewhat realistic. I think at some point. Michigan State's got to be a little bit down from this thing. They can't play the same way, in my opinion, uh, today like they did at Illinois. I, I just don't see it. Now, maybe you do, but I don't see it. Uh, I, I well, think Penn State's so much better than Illinois. Yes, and unlike Illinois, Penn State out-talents Michigan State at every single oh, position. Uh, yeah. That was not the case with Illinois. Despite what you tried to say, Mr. Dean of Sports, that's why there's a Bean of Sports in town now. Anyway, 2002 Michigan State, Penn State, 61 to 7. That yeah. was the game we were that talking was, that about. Was the, that was the one. And I thought that game is never going to end. And they're just going to keep <laughs> running him and running him and running him and running him. Uh, and yeah. I thought, how is State ever going to come back from that? But Penn State's had some brutally tough losses in this series. Well, the one last year. Last year in the And all that horrible weather last year. Yeah. And they let that would get away. They've let a couple, but the ones mostly they let get away. No, State had a big lead in that game last year, remember? And then they gave up like a fourth and 30 kind of like they've done this year, right? And that's what helped Penn State got to within three. But um, it's I just I can't get over it that State has an all-time lead in the series. I get your point that a lot of it happened before Paterno, but I just did the math. They only played 10 times before Penn State joined the Big Ten. Well, answer me this question. Was last year's 11-2 record an aberration, or is this year's 5-7 and seven an aberration? I think we're going to find that answer out next year. Well, no, I think it's a little column A, a little column B, you think right? a little bit of both? Well, yeah, I think we've 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 proven that that uh, this program was not at the eleven win threshold. It just they had a generational talent at at running back that helped things, which covered really... up some weaknesses. Absolutely. Yeah. At, also, it doesn't hurt that the Big Ten sucks. That doesn't hurt. You know, that gets you to eleven we've wins ta- a little you, faster. You know, we've talked this year. I mean, geez, there's Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, and the rest of the league just. Well, that's just it. I don't think Penn State is special. Good. Like, and I think that showed when they played Michigan and Ohio State. They're not special. And honestly, I think regardless of which of these two teams here between Michigan and Ohio State win and wind up in the playoff, because they will, they'll be, they'll be a sacrificial lamb from the West regardless of who it is. But neither of these teams are going to look good in the playoff, I don't think. And I, I think it's a direct byproduct of how bad this league is. And, and think about it. Like, we, uh, the, the criticism I hear from this part of the country about the SEC and the SEC bias is that the SEC is extremely top-heavy, and then there's nobody else behind Alabama and Georgia. It used to be You really that believe way. that? It like, used... how do you think Penn State would hold up against LSU? It used to be that way in, in Well, that's what years? people said as recently as last in, year. In, in you may years? find out. How you would, might find right. out. But how, would, uh, how do you think uh, Illinois or Purdue hangs up uh, at what it would measure up head-to-head against even Ole Miss. Like, not well, is is my take. And Ole Miss is a one-dimensional team that can only run the ball, as proven Friday night. And, and by the way, Lane Kiffin has finalized a contract extension. He's going to stay at Ole Miss. Oh, i got to ask you about that, Tim. Did you see the one of the top sports, like the U of, of Mississippi, the dean of sports of Mississippi, I don't know his name. He's a TV sports guy. He reported Tuesday night, that Lane Kiffin had reached an agreement with Auburn and was stepping down before the Ole Miss-Mississippi State game, which at that point was two days away, and would be introduced Friday 
as the head coach of Auburn before the Iron Bowl, which is today. Right. Well, and, uh, that's an air ball. Well, Lane Kiffin <laughs> tweeted out right away, like just came after the guy and said, wow, great reporting, terrible sources. And then Lane Kiffin issued a press release that completely mocked the guy's report yeah. and that said that funny. that guy was leaving his station for the other yeah, station. that was funny. And then, yes, they announced today after the Egg Bowl that and he it, has signed a $70-plus million extension. And it looks like the Auburn and Liberty coach Hugh Freeze – they're in talks on their coaching job. Uh, we don't know other than that. And Nebraska uh, officially hired Rule, was it this morning? Yeah. Yes, okay. and that's a home run hire for them. That's the best hire they've made in a long that, time. Uh, Mickey Joseph, I the agree. interim coach in Nebraska, they're interviewing him after he wins last night. I said, well, what about the future, Mickey? He says, you know, I'm going to go home tonight enjoy this, and if they keep me on or whatever happens, I'll just go from there. Well, it didn't take long. Nope, nope. It did not take long. I can't believe he didn't know, though, that rule was someone that they were just biting their oh, tie. No, I think what the we question, knew. So to me, knew. the question is: Will they keep Mickey Joseph as a guy on the staff no. to keep the players who like him? You don't no. think so? No, because Matt Rule has his own guys that have followed him from Temple to Baylor to the NFL. He's he's got his well, staff. We'll see. we'll see. They're going to keep it. You can't keep a vestige of the old. The players will get over it, right? They will. It's just it's how win. it works. Especially if they win, and especially in Nebraska, they're used to it. Every three or four years, they change out the head coach anyway. What the hell does it matter? Started also, with, started with Frank Solich. They fired him after a nine and three season. But also, rosters change like sixty percent anyway, given the nature of college football. Plus, the transfer portal it, it now used to be twenty to thirty percent. Now it's more than that. Yeah, I think that's a great move. He's he's been great everywhere in college. It didn't work in the NFL, but so what? Didn't work in the NFL for Nick Saban either. Like this dude's a good college football coach. I I think that's good news for Nebraska, and maybe they finally can start to mean something to the Big Ten. We can talk more about that and this manufactured rivalry between Michigan State and Penn State. On the other side, it's the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show on 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ coming back in just a few minutes. Another travel update from the 1240 WJIM Traffic Center. Next, the Tom Izzo Show is back for another season on Lansing's Big Talker. 1240 WJIM. Get up close and personal with the head coach of Michigan State Spartan Basketball every Monday night. Be there in person or just call in and ask the questions you want answered. The Tom Izzo Show on 1240 WJIM. Brought to you by Price Ride RV, Doubting Industries, Capital Insurance Services, and Chupan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services. The Tom Izzo Show on 1240 WJIM. It's time for another game day travel update from the 1240 WJIM Traffic Center. Driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Uh, taking a look at your weather. Well, thankfully, it looks like weather's not going to be a factor in a State College, Pennsylvania. Mostly sunny skies, 52 degrees. It'll increasing cloudiness uh, later on when it gets dark out, which will be probably the second half. Uh, the low temperature will get down into the mid-30s, but it's 52 degrees. It's going to be that way uh, in State College, uh, 52 and sunny in State College. Here in East Lansing, 53 degrees, sunny skies, uh, increasing cloudiness when it gets dark tonight. A slight chance of some rain, but should be pretty good. The rain's not going to come until tomorrow, but 53 here in East Your travel updates brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. This, 
This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Wright Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, now, let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Wright Auto and RV Studios. And we're back. White Law PLLC Tailgate Show, 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ, live from those Price Right RV Studios and also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac, MSU Healthcare Sports Medicine, Doubting Industries, Shoepan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, Gravity Smokehouse, and MSU Federal Credit Union. Let's take a look around the top 25 action in the Big Ten elsewhere where Michigan has taken a 17-13 lead with about five minutes left in the first half in Columbus. Thanks almost exclusively to the efforts of one Cornelius Johnson, who, I don't know, I never heard of him either. But um, on back-to-back possessions, the last two offensive plays for Michigan, Cornelius Johnson has a 69-yard touchdown reception and a 75-yard touchdown reception. Uh, The last one, they got him one-on-one. And Ohio State's loading the box, Tim. We've seen that because Michigan has not been able to run. Dis- and it makes sense because Blake Corum's not hurt or not playing because he's he played like one series and came out. Donovan Edwards is out there, but clearly limited as well. Ohio State obviously paying a ton of attention uh, to the run game, and that's leaving one-on-one coverages with no safety help deep over the middle third of the field, and it has just cost them big with that latest one. That was 75 yards from Cornelius Johnson. Well, this is a game where J.J. McCarthy, everybody said, <laughs> can he stand up next to Stroud? And so far, he's only had to get the lead. At the late in the first half, he's had to make two plays, and he made them both. I mean, he put the ball on the money to Cornelius Johnson. And, you know, he's got speed. I mean, you don't notice Michigan doing that earlier in 11 games this year simply because Michigan has made its case running the ball with those two guys against the teams that has had to play. Although I, I was telling you, I think McCarthy made a couple of huge plays in the fourth quarter against Illinois. It wasn't that they were big plays. They were Fourth down and four, and if we don't make it, we lose the game. And three times he made it, and the field goal kicker. And I wonder if this Jake Moody's still going to come down to whether he's the factor late in the game of this one or not. J.J. McCarthy's stat line so far, 5 for 11, 192 yards, two touchdowns. He's averaging 17 and a half yards for a throw. Well, um, to your point, Ohio State's going to have to change what it does. Right. They are loading the box. Because the guy's wide open. I mean, you know, and he's got him there. The first play, there was a, a but well, Ohio, Ohio State, State just scored. took the lead back. They just because, took it back. <laughs> now, it's an interesting um, dichotomy of defensive approaches, though. you got to love this. This is good football. And this is what it is. Ohio State, the issue coming out of the game last year, so the theme of the season is our defense has to get more physical, and we cannot get beaten up front by Michigan again. So what have they done? They're loading the box, and that's what's letting this Cornelius Johnson guy get loose one-on-one. There's no safety help over the middle third of the field, right? And then Michigan's defense, their strategy so far is we are not going to rush Stroud. We're going to keep him in the pocket with three or four pass rushers, and we're going to zone coverage the hell out of this, and you are not going to run free on us. Well, you now, they're, me, you... they're moving down the field every time, 10, 15 yards a pop, but it does stall out eventually because – Everybody's covered. Yeah, but you asked me earlier in the show this today, was I surprised Ohio State had me to make a made a big play over the top? Well, there you go. There's the first one. There you now, go. But you know what? 
Brock, tell me if I'm wrong. If I had told you yesterday Ohio State won't hit its first big over-the-top pass play until three minutes before halftime, would you have said, I'll take that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's a winning formula. I, I thought I thought Ohio State would win thirty-one to twenty before the game started, simply because Stroud against uh, McCarthy. Well, they're on McCarthy's pace to right hit. There. They're on pace to hit forty. Yeah, they could do. Uh, now they're on like pace they to hit forty. Well, what you got to wonder is, I do think Michigan's playing the right defense here, uh, and it, I'm impressed because. What's your instinct as a defensive play caller when you see a quarterback standing back there having all day? It's like, we got to get after his ass, but they're not doing it, which I think is smart because, one, he doesn't like to run. Yeah, you want to keep him in the pocket. I mean, you're overmatched talent-wise. Your defensive back's going up against these guys, even with two of them hurt. It doesn't matter. They just got so many NFL, you know, um, Mustangs there at receiver. But the issue I would be thinking about is eventually Stroud is going to figure it out and he's going to find ways to burn that. Now he just did. So you got to wonder how do you mix it up going forward? It'll be interesting to watch this thing uh, transpire. We're down to 350, 349 left in the first half. And in Columbus, and, Ohio State just took a 20 yep. to 17 lead. And, and Michigan's going to get the ball and they're going to get the ball to start the third quarter because they won the flip and deferred to the second half. So Michigan Could this an, be a repeat of 2006, 42 to 39? Could. That'd be cool. That I'd be cool. Great, I enjoyed that. Michigan still couldn't, they just could not stop Troy Smith. That offense, they just couldn't do it. Well, I don't think Ohio State's played well offensively today, and you add it up, and they still—that's the way they always are. Yes, they never look good on offense, and then add them up at the end of the day. You're um, right; they <laughs> sputter, but they hit. They start hitting big plays. I mean, against Maryland, they looked awful. The only game that they looked awful and stayed awful, frankly, was Northwestern. But the weather was such a factor in that game. But they only gave up seven, so big deal. Iowa, they start like their first six drives yeah. were brutal, and then they scored on like seven straight. Added up at the end, they had fifty. Here at State, they they had a rough couple yeah, first, they had a cut, and then and they then... end the game on eight straight touchdowns. Yeah, they do sputter, but then eventually he figures it but out. At the end of the day, he added up the final score. Like, was I mean, they got a pick six at the end there at Maryland, which kind of you know made it forty three to thirty. But look, look right here. Okay, so this Michigan's running the ball and uh, they pick up a well. They're just near the first down. But my point is, on a second and six, right? Ohio State had nine guys in the box. That's the issue. So are they going to go away from that because that's what's gotten them burned here? Yeah. Third and one. We'll we'll keep tabs on this all day. Let me move along so we aren't just talking about this the whole damn time. And I've got my defensive keys yet, and they're going to be big today because there's a lot of Penn State guys to cover. I'll tell you that. Can't wait. Well, not their best receiver, though. Parker Washington out for the remainder of the season. That's their best receiver. Uh, moving on, other top 25 action. We're at the half in Clemson. The Tigers are up 23-14 over their arch nemesis, South Carolina. And then let's see what else. Georgia, a 10-7 halftime lead over Georgia Tech. That, that's a that's an upset right there and a big time moral victory for Georgia Tech. And then the only other Big Ten game going on is on the Eastern Sea Seaboard. And we've got Maryland with a 17 to zip halftime lead at home over Rutgers. So there you go. No reaction on that. Well, I know you love those matchups. I mean, Maryland's going to finish seven and five, <laughs> right? They're going to. I mean, they're they're obviously going to play in a bowl somewhere. It's a better year for them. They hung in there tough with Michigan, and and uh, Penn, and uh, you know they they hung in there tough with uh, Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State. They beat by two touchdowns. So you know today. Uh, 
you know, for Maryland is a bit of a, you know, is a bit of an aberration because Penn State, you know, Penn State plays today against Michigan State the way it did last week. It's going to be a long day for the Spartans. Here's a here's a big fourth and one for Michigan's offense right around what like the their own forty five yard line. They need to get it because you don't want Stroud to get the ball back with before, half a field with, with half the field. Two twenty six left in the first half. I'm trying to fill time so that we can actually announce this to you as it happens, but there's just too much preamble happening before this play. Oh, nope, now they're punting. So it was a bluff. Okay, Michigan appears to be punting fourth and one. We'll keep you updated throughout. Now, Tim, I promised you this over the break, and I I didn't want to tell you in the commercial break because I want to see your genuine organic reaction because this is the kind of stat that Tim Stout lives for. You... um. We all have, but you especially have remarked on Michigan State's kicking woes, place-kicking woes specifically, which who could disagree? How can a Power 5 program with these kind of resources not find a guy who can make a 20-yard chip shot to end a game as time expires? And as you said, maybe jokingly, I don't know, on your show this week, if State just had Okemos High School's kicker, they win that game. I don't know. If that was a joke, but you were probably right either way. Well, I mean, not only that, he had a field goal blocked, all right, at the end. Now, that was on the snap, and we know they've had issues there all year, yeah. too. Well, I guess halfway through. But uh, here's yeah, Hank yeah, Okamas' the... center, the polder, <laughs> yeah. the kicker. What take the hell? A, take the triumph, take the threesome. So here's the stat I or, wanted to or give. Or Grand Ledge's kicker. Oh, or I said DeWitt they have Grand Ledge, Mason, DeWitt, yep. Holt. They or, all got kickers. Or, Holt didn't have a kicker this or, year. Or, odds are, if you pulled a kid out of the stands at Spartan Stadium, 50% odds that they'd make the kick, and this is the stat. Are you ready for this? Michigan State has made four field goals successfully at home this year at Spartan Stadium. You know that little promotion they do, the Buick GMC oh, yeah, kick that's a challenge? Great, that's a great story. Four kids have made it this year. Yeah, to win a trip to the bowl game. The random kids out of the student section are just as effective. In fact, better, right? Their, their percentage is better than Michigan State's place kicker in Spartan Stadium. Well, I, I mean, look, when I look, you know, I had my, I mean, I'm ready to bolt because I want to see the end of the Michigan-Illinois game because State wins at 34-31 because the guy, you know, they did it exactly the way you had to do it, the way you have to draw. And everybody said, yeah, but it was on the left hash, and he's a left foot. I said, the guy's on scholarship, and it's, a, <laughs> it's, an, ex, it's an extra point. We're not asking him to yeah. break the NFL record. Oh, but the wind was swirling, Tim. I mean, honest to God. Well, to be perfectly honest with you, I think that was in his head. I well, do, absolutely. I think, it, I think it was in his head with that because the wind was brutal. That's what it comes down to, though. Like kick, all these kickers on scholarship, they have the leg. It's between the ears that makes the difference. I mean, Indiana's guy got his his chip shot in the first overtime block, which I thought State's going to get away with this. Me too. That's because what I Indiana thought. just cannot handle the moment. <laughs> right. They just cannot handle the moment. But I mean, it was a bizarre game between two bizarre teams, and. Indiana could make noise today by knocking Purdue out of the Big Ten title game with a win at Bloomington, and Penn State can make news today by losing to Michigan State and making them probably bowl eligible because of road wins at Illinois and Penn State. But whether that's going to happen or not remains okay. to be seen. I want to pick your brain on something else since you are a uh, walking sports Lansing area Michigan State sports encyclopedia. 
Why is this a rivalry game, Michigan State-Penn State? And don't tell me because they're both land grad schools. I mean, seriously, what, what could the real case be? No, there's an easy answer to that. George Perlis, when he was the coach and the athletic director, he was tired of the Michigan-Ohio State game being the predominant game in the Big Ten for exposure every single year. So he wanted to counter that, with a, a and he thought Penn State's the name school, uh, Joe Paterno, blah, 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 and we will put a trophy on the line and call it the land-grant trophy simply because they're both land-grant schools. They had to call it something. So that was where it clearly He called Paterno up, and Joe said, fine, let's do that. They got the Big Ten to put the game at the back of the schedule. Since George has been gone, it has not always been at the back of the schedule. Mm-hmm. And whether it remains that way with the changes coming in Big Ten football clearly remain to be seen. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I'm glad you brought that point up because that's where I wanted to, to go next with this. So... With the history that you just pointed out, the whole reason this is a rivalry game was to combat the attention Michigan-Ohio yeah. State get at he, the end of the season. He wanted Michigan State and Penn State to, to – I mean, look, I think George thought in a perfect world, move over Michigan and Ohio State. But, but to do that, Michigan and State and Penn State are going to have to have the records these guys have, and they don't. I mean, especially Michigan State. They now, don't. This is where I was going, though. Think about this. So – we know a 12-team playoff is likely happening. We just don't know when. Probably later when the contract expires in two, uh, 26, right? Then we're going to move to 12. What happens to this game, well, Michigan-Ohio State? Because do you realize if, like, right now, this is a huge deal. They're both 11-0, and it's basically an elimination game for the playoff. If there's a 12-team playoff, it means nothing. There's there's not stakes like that. It's just determined seating. So it's like... what. What do we do here? And that makes me wonder, will the Big Ten then move some of these games that are fixtures around? Like, theoretically, wouldn't it make sense then to move Michigan-Ohio State from the last week if there is a 12-team playoff? Because that would give a little more oomph to the game, especially if they can meet again in a Big Ten title game where there's no geographic divisional alignment. Because think about it, if if there's no geographical um, divisional alignment for the Big Ten right now, then these two teams are playing again next week. Do we want that? Do you want them back-to-back weeks? I don't think the Big Ten would. I don't think anyone would have a problem seeing them play twice. I just don't think the Big Ten would want it back-to-back. Aren't these all things up for discussion? They are up for discussion. They've been discussed. But, of course, the Big Ten is not transparent on very much. They have not figured out 2024 yet. And remember, on December 14th, the California legislature is going to debate whether UCLA can actually go to the Big Ten or not. It has control to prevent that. That's a whole other issue. However, it's going to flavor how an adjustment from two divisions. Why I don't think that'll happen is because the years of tradition between those two would upset so many people if they don't play in the final regular season game. I don't think somebody wants to take the nod to move that game from its current perch. Yeah, but that's what's happened. Like College football has changed so much. And let's be real, it's about money. And TV is the method to get the money. That nothing is sacred anymore. I mean, hell, Texas and Texas A and M are going to play again, thankfully. But that went away for a decade. I would be surprised if it, to your point, if it moves off the last game of the regular yeah, season. I, well, I, I, I think you have to though, if we're going to get into a divisionless Big Ten, because they just won't want them playing back to back weeks like yeah, that. But that's come up. Uh, it, I, Remember when Michigan? I F-A-D- think they're willing to live with it. 
to your point, now you get to see him twice. Do I think those coaches want to play each other back to back? The loser would. Well, that's that's not the what, loser says that no matters problem. nothing. Like, they are going to have a say. The, in the it. likelihood of that happening is is not there because the loser could well fall back out of the top two. So if you if you have no division, well, the last this year and last year they both would have played again, right? Yeah, so, but now you're adding Southern Cal and, and potentially UCLA, and that's going to be tougher to do. It, there's a lot of, of things like this that I think fans are going to have to bite the bullet and say goodbye to because that's the nature of where things are going because of the change. But if you're asking me what I'd be surprised, the answer is all that aside, I'd be surprised. Well, and I don't see it moving. Well, even without it moving, like a 12-team playoff makes last year's edition and this year's edition superfluous. You can bet it. <laughs> yes, but I mean to like the the powers involved. Like it's not the winner take all that it is right now. Because then you get a rematch the next week or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it it just doesn't mean that. It, it it doesn't mean it if you when we go to twelve. It's not an elimination game, which I think is a fair argument to make against going to twelve. Because when you expand the playoff, you know it it, it does water down some of the matchups, particularly late season. Right? They're no longer elimination contests. This yeah. is today. No question. Last year's was. Well, the loser's going to need some help to get back to the playoff. But they're they're not getting in ahead of LSU or Alabama well, or Oregon or USC. I think they'll Ohio State will with a loss. They Michigan, get, no. Ohio get, State, They'll yes. get ahead of LSU because LSU's going to lose to Georgia and have a third loss. If I was assuming LSU, if they win the SEC talk, sure. But um, all things to think about as we move forward into the brave new future. Back in a couple. White Law PLLC Tailgate Show, 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker, and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM Lansing, and Classic Rock 94.9 WMMQ East Lansing, Town Square Media Stations. Back with more of the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show on 1240 WJIM and 94.9 MMQ in less than 60 seconds. The Michigan State Spartan hockey team is back for another season on 1240 WJIM. Never miss a game again, whether you're on the go or just like doing it the old-fashioned way and sitting around the radio. Every face-off and every playoff can be heard on Lansing's exclusive home for Michigan State Spartan Hockey. 1240 WJIM, Lansing's only home for hockey. Avoid the interruptions from the games and listen longer in the free 1240 WJIM app. It's time for another game day travel update from the 1240 WJIM Traffic Center. Driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Uh, taking another look at your weather in State College right now. 54 degrees, mostly sunny skies. Going to be a beautiful day. It'll cloud up in the second half, but really not <coughs> much of a chance or any chance of rain today. Absolutely perfect conditions. Wind could be a factor. Winds out of the uh, west. As high as the twenty gusting as high as twenty miles an hour. So we'll see. Right now it's fifty-four in State College. Here in <coughs> here in East Lansing, fifty-three degrees, fair skies, partly cloudy, a later on, slight chance of rain tonight. But right now it's fifty-three and fair. Travel update brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. This 
This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIL and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Right Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Right Auto and RV Studios. Welcome back, White Law PLLC Tailgate Show, 1240 WJIM, Lansing's Big Talker, and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Live from the Price Right RV Studios and also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac, MSU Healthcare Sports Medicine, Doubting Industries, Shoepan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, Gravity Smokehouse, and MSU Federal Credit Union. Before we take another look at the top 25 scoreboard and around the Big Ten, let's hand things over to the Dean of Sports himself for a little defensive keys. The defensive keys to today's Michigan State-Penn State game are brought to you by Gazelle Wealth Management. Sean Clifford is playing his final game as a quarterback at Penn State. He might get a pension. He's been there 100 (laughs) years, so it seems like. He's had mixed results against Michigan State, but he's had a terrific season for the most part in his senior year. Michigan State, in my opinion, and I don't know who's going to do it, whether it's linebackers, whether it's defensive ends, if it's a team effort, has got to get some pressure on Sean Clifford. Otherwise, he is going to pass the Spartan secondary crazy. I don't think Penn State's going to get fooled and look at this thing and say, you know, I think we're going to have to run a ball a ton because Uh, We can't pass on these guys. I think Penn State is going to pass them crazy. And Michigan State, the only way it can combat that is going to have to get some pressure on Sean Clifford. If it can do that, then Penn State maybe gets out of its rhythm a little bit and is not going to score at will. But if he stands back there alone and picks apart, guys, Ohio State knew that he could be effective. Maryland got torched by him last week. Other teams have had trouble with him all year long, but he's one of the most veteran quarterbacks in all of college football. Unless, of course, he gets knocked out of the game. Then that changes anything. And yet the freshman out of Ohio, who's been getting plenty of playing time, he's the heir apparent of the job. They have not fallen off that much. Michigan State, if you lay back and you let these guys set up and throw, it's going to be a long day. The defensive keys have been brought to you by all season long. Gazelle Wealth Management. Gazelle takes a long-term view using prudent risk management. You can call Joe Gazelle at 336-7200. Or visit Gazelle Wealth Management online at Gazelle Wealth, G-A-Z-A-L-L, GazelleWealthOneWord.com. There you go. And we thank Gazelle Wealth Management for providing up-to-the-moment defensive keys all season long to Michigan State's current 5-6 and six record. Taking a look around the top 25 action elsewhere. In America today, Michigan and Ohio State are at halftime in Columbus. The Buckeyes have a 20-17 to 17 lead. Uh, listen, hey, Tim, when do you think the last time was Michigan allowed 300-plus total yards of offense in the first half? Probably hasn't happened this year, right? That's what Ohio State's given up? I mean, no. what Ohio State's got? Yes, 315. 191 through the air, 124 on the ground. Then in that case, it is miraculous that they only have two touchdowns in this game because that's on pace for 630 yards. Yeah, but the defense... The, the strategy they've employed, Michigan, so far has been that bend but don't break. They're, they're giving up the underneath stuff, 10, 15-yard chunks, but only one explosive play so far that was a touchdown I to would take add the this. lead. If they give up 315 yards in the second half, they're going to lose. What if they put up 400? The second half. They'll lose. You can't give these guys 630 yards of offense. I pace. don't think Michigan can score at, at the same 
you know, pace to do that. And yet they're the team with more explosive plays in the first half. Now well, you got to wonder two monster plays to right. Charles Six. Johnson. He came in with twenty five catches for three hundred yards today. He's got one hundred and fifty six yards and two bomb touchdowns. He's got more than half his total yardage in the first half today alone. Cornelius but, Johnson, sixty nine yard touchdown and yeah. then a seventy five yarder. But you know what? That that's the history of big games. Guys make plays yes. that don't necessarily get all that pregame, especially know, in rivalry games. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, there are historic performances from guys we've never heard of. It, like, it even can happen. In, the, in the Michigan State-Penn State game today, if Michigan State wins or comes closer as competitive, why do I think there could be a guy we haven't talked about very much all season long who's going to have a game? And to Dave's point on the offensive keys, I Thorne has got to have a big day. I mean, he just has to have, whether it's his fault or not, he has got to have a big day. Even if he runs the ball better than any of those other running backs, which he's shown he can do. I think one of the marvels of his year is he hasn't been hurt, knock on wood. Well, he has been. He's yeah, been playing well, through it since game played. three. But what I'm saying by that is he's played. I mean, he said that, what, at one point he said, eh, you know, I haven't run as well, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, but I'm talking about knocking a guy out of the game like happened to the Iowa guy yesterday early in the game against Nebraska and flat out knocked him out of the game. McCarthy almost, you know, he, he challenged one of those linebackers. He took a for nasty. Iowa he took a yeah. nasty hit, but he got right back up. And he challenged him to hit him, and he did. Let's look elsewhere. Number one, Georgia just added a field goal. They're up over Georgia Tech, 13-7, to 10 minutes left in the third quarter. Number eight, Clemson, up 23-14 over South Carolina, just started the third quarter there. And then the only other game in the Big Ten going on right now is Maryland all over Rutgers halfway through the third quarter, 27 to zip Terps. You know, you're always telling us about how lousy the Big Ten is, and 90% of that I agree with. But Georgia's ranked number one in the country, beat Kentucky 16-6. to Struggle, yeah. Georgia Tech is terrible. They're playing the game at Georgia, and it's 13-7 to One, it's a rivalry game. Half. It's a rivalry game. I ain't game. buying that. That matters. Georgia Tech is it matters. terrible. It matters. Like Ask look, Brock. How much better do you think Michigan is than Michigan State? A lot. We can agree, right? Sure. And yet... That lopsided score wasn't that lopsided, right? So rivalry games change the tenor of a game. Um, Georgia, I think Georgia's issue is really specific, though. I think they've been bored most of the season. Well, maybe they are today. I think the first Why week, are you fired up for Georgia Tech today? So and it's a rivalry any, game. Nah, nah, Georgia Tech, if you call them a rival, you got a lousy score. It, well, <laughs> say what you will. It's there a rivalry they, game. There they are right here. So Georgia was up for the first game because it was in Atlanta, and it was a, like, celebrate the national championship game against a highly ranked opponent. Killed Oregon 49-3. to yeah. They didn't have another noteworthy opponent. Until 10 weeks later, when they brought in then number one Tennessee, and what happened? Beat the doors off of them. Yep. It's 27 to 3 before they put in the, the second ranked guys, right? And uh, Kentucky, it's not Kentucky basketball. A little hard to get up for. Here, you should know better, man. Like, you're a big Nick Saban guy. I'm not even trying to be funny here. With how much you revere Nick Saban. He said about 20 years ago when he was still at LSU, I forget, they, they played some loser, maybe it was Vanderbilt or someone, and they barely beat him. And the media was all over him, the press press conference, like, why was it close? And he finally had enough, and he said, listen, as a head coach in college football, I have two, maybe three games a year where I can get my team actually up and ready for a game. Two times, maybe three if I'm lucky. It's hard to do against the Vanderbilts of the world. 
And that's true for every team. Well, it's hard to bring your A game every week. Suggesting me that Georgia is not necessarily playing today, fired up for Georgia Tech. I 100 percent agree. You just watch them. Play. Yes, and then Georgia Tech. It's the Super Bowl. That has aren't, something aren't to do playing, with. Aren't they playing for the bowl game? I think they're five and six. Yes, they they're are. One of those five and six teams. Yes. For Georgia, it's just a glorified practice before they get another glorified practice next week against LSU. Now, everybody's going to ask you if State's 5-7 and is the season over. It is not, and here's why. So coming into today, there are specifically, what, 82 teams required for college football's bowl system. 82 openings. Coming into today, there were just 75 taken. That means there are seven spots. That was at 11.59 a.m. Seven spots open. Now... You can get in at 5 at 7, obviously, because they need to fill those spots. And then how do they determine, you, you might be wondering, how a 5 and 7 team gets in if there are multiple 5 and 7 teams. It goes to something called the academic progress rate, which is something the NCAA tracks, APR. And it's a really complicated mathematical formula based on like graduation rates over like the last four years or whatever. All you need to know is... Out of all the teams who could potentially be tied at 5-7, and seven, Michigan State is tied for third among them. Ahead of them is uh, Auburn and Iowa State. And I then thought, they're tied with someone. I thought Rice. Oh, you're right. Rice, Rice and Auburn are ahead of them. And then they're tied with Iowa State. So what I can't find out is how they break the tie in the APR rankings. But who if knows? Maybe even, it won't matter. Yeah, if it's even necessary. Yeah, we, we don't even know. By now, the way, I've talked to other people who are in the know and have more access to info on this than I do. And I was told the odds that Michigan State gets in at 5-7 and seven are 20%. But Ioni thinks they at 5-7, and seven, depending on everything else plays out, they're not out of quick lane bowl consideration. Just because that's the one way that bowl in Detroit could sell some tickets is if Michigan State plays in it. And it wouldn't make any difference who they play. It would be a max school more than likely. Right. And that's So that begs a question. So obviously there's a possibility here. But then we have to ask the question, which I don't know if you did on your show this week, but I did. I asked the people straight up. If they're 5-7, and seven, do you want them going to a bowl game? And the answer was overwhelmingly no. We do not want the well, bowl you're game. probably playing a max school, which is supposed to be the easy win in September, and this is the reward at the end of the year. <laughs> however, they are undefeated in the MAC. They well, beat Western and Akron. So the program, if if Michigan State is invited to a bowl game, they're going to take it. Just by virtue of you get, what is it, 15 or 20 extra practices. Every coach wants that, right? Especially a program that's rebuilding like Michigan State. They would want that. The fans, though. The ones who talked to me this week, both on the air and who like messaged in and Facebook and Twitter and all that, overwhelmingly, I would say like by a four to one margin, do not want this well, team in a bowl game because, frankly, they don't want to get embarrassed again. But could happen. And if you play Miami of Ohio the day after Christmas in Detroit in the Quick Lane Bowl, it's a lose lose. If to, you beat them, you're supposed to. to big me, deal. The MAC team that could clearly play with them step for step is Ohio. Ohio's nine and three. I've seen them play. Ohio's quarterback's better. Ohio's got speed. Ohio will probably beat Toledo for the MAC title and get to ten wins. But what I don't know is if Ohio will be relegated to the Quick Lane Bowl. <laughs> what do you mean relegated? It's a big deal. You know, I mean Ohio's probably going to go well past the Quick Lane Bowl. But if Ohio played Michigan State, flip a coin. My opinion, flip a coin. Remember when the Mid American Conference champion was automatically sent to the then. Motor City Bowl or the Little Caesars Bowl, that all changed. You know, yeah. The last so what is of years. what is the premium bowl for the MAC now? 
Or is there not one? It's just kind of like who the bowl wants. The big potato bowl in (laughs) in Idaho, where it's five below zero. There, guys. I think I think Michigan State has a better chance to go to the Quick Lane Bowl at five and seven than six and six, because they could go higher, like to the Guaranteed Rate Bowl in Arizona, or possibly to what the Music City Bowl. Well, if you look at the bowl projections as they are and take them for whatever they're worth, there are about four of them that are all of them have them in a game at five and seven, December 27th, either in Dallas, first responders or in Phoenix. I haven't seen anybody that has them in the quick lane bowl now. They did earlier, but now they don't. Now, if they win today, then it obviously gets dramatic because now they have to go to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. The question is, where does it make the most sense to place them? I don't know. And none of those people writing those articles know either. Well, they're Are like, they ever right? It's like basketball. I mean, <laughs> Why are they picking seeds now? Right. Yeah, same thing. I mean, the basketball is the same thing. I mean, they can figure out a lot of the teams are going to make the tournament, but I can do that too. Now, where they're going to go and who they play and what they're right. seeded, that's something else. Exactly. What a what a rote exercise. And there there's a guy, there are a couple of guys who have full-blown careers based on that. Yeah. Isn't that madness? I disagree with you on Ohio State. If Ohio State wins today, I'm not con- I think that I've got them 60-40, they're going to win this. If they win and they blow out somebody, I, I think they can win the, t- the whole thing. Because I think Georgia's not as good as it was a year ago. I, think once Ohio- I just think Ohio State gets through this. I'm not saying they will. I'm saying it would not surprise me if they did. You're going to ask Brock whether he agrees or not. I don't know if Michigan can. Well, yeah, Michigan, of course, has to win today to get into the thing. Do yeah. you honestly think either one of these teams would not get thoroughly undressed by Georgia in the playoff? No shot. Well, Ohio State. Did no you just shot. almost swear? No shot. Oh, no, he okay. Didn't. He didn't. No, no shot. <sighs> I know. I I'd pick Ohio State to beat Georgia. This is recording, right? Uh, yeah, we okay. got it. You'll hear it on the I mean, podcast. You know, everybody can have an opinion, and he could be right. Brandon, yeah. I highly doubt it. Well, we'll see. It's just the Big Ten doesn't show up against the SEC in the playoff. They didn't last year. When has it ever in the playoff? Besides Urban Meyer's uh, first ever playoff, 2014. Oh, when he outcoached Nick Saban. That's in the it. Sugar Bowl? That's the yeah. only time the Big Ten has shown up, let alone one. I, I think this team he's got's got a lot of speed. The quarterbacks are best. Then why aren't they chasing Michigan off the field? Because Michigan's ranked third in the country. They're ranked third in the country. Georgia's ranked first. Well, I, I'm, I mean, I'm just telling you're you. You're the one who's not beholden to the numbers, and you're throwing numbers at me. I'm thinking oh, if You Ohio hypocrite. State, and not only that, all they have to do is lose close. And I, the only problem is they'd be the four seed if they lose. They yeah, then you get Georgia. They want two or three. If you're going to play and play them at the bitter end. Back in a couple, speaking of bitter ends, of the Tailgate Show, White Law PLC Tailgate Show, in just a few minutes. Another travel update from the 1240 WJIM Traffic Center. Next, the Tom Izzo Show is back for another season on Lansing's Big Talker. 1240 WJIM. Get up close and personal with the head coach of Michigan State Spartan Basketball every Monday night. Be there in person or just call in and ask the question you want answered. The Tom Izzo Show on 1240 WJIM. Brought to you by Price Right RV, Doubting Industries, Capital Insurance Services, and Chupan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services. The Tom Izzo Show on 1240 WJIM. It's time for another game day travel update from the 1240 WJIM Traffic Center. Driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Taking a look at your weather update one final time. 54 degrees fair skies is going to be that way once we get to kickoff. It will cool down once it gets dark. 
Increasing clouds in the second half, low temperature in the mid-30s. Although wind could be a factor, wind 7 to 10 mi- uh, 5 to 10 miles an hour, but it could be gusting to 20 miles an hour. So we'll see about that. Here in East Lansing, fair skies, 54 degrees, increasing cloudiness uh, when it gets uh, dark tonight. The uh, low temperature will be uh, much like uh, much like State College in the mid to upper 30s. Your uh, weather update brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy and enjoy the Shaheen difference. This is the White Law PLLC Telgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Right Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, now let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Right Auto and RV Studios. And we're back. Wrapping it up with you today on the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show, 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ, live from the Price Right RV Studio. One last time, take a look at the top 25 scoreboard. Uh, number one, Georgia, up 20-7 to seven now with about six minutes left over Georgia Tech. And then the bigger one that we're paying attention to. In Columbus, Michigan came out of the gates in the second half to start the second half with a touchdown drive. So now Michigan up 24-20. In Columbus, over Ohio State, just under 12 left in the third quarter. You know what I'm seeing in that game, which we haven't talked about? Michigan's offensive line, which gets a lot of credit, is pushing Ohio State back so that McCarthy has had time to throw three touchdowns. Well, they, they just picked up the blitz perfectly there. And then you're seeing Ohio State paying so much attention to the run game, burning them. Because every all three of those touchdowns, there's been no safety help. And so, I did see Donovan Edwards in uniform. He yes, he's carried play. the ball he's a couple played. times. Yeah, he's played. Corm's only, what, had one carry? He played one series and hasn't been back. I don't okay. know, but McCarthy's going to break the NCAA record for 50 touchdown passes maybe in the same out, game. Maybe it's coming out party nationally. Okay, so tell me this. You've seen J.J. McCarthy look like an NFL quarterback against Ohio State, and you still think, if Ohio State wins this game, that they could beat Georgia. Who, Michigan? Ohio State. Yeah, I do. I don't think Georgia's as good as but, it was a year ago. But, they, how many guys did Georgia lose? 14 guys. They lost a million guys to the NFL. But Ohio State isn't covering these anonymous white guys from Michigan. How the hell are they going to stop those three Georgia, NFL tight ends? I don't think Georgia's the best team in the SEC. Who is? It's, I think it's either Alabama or LSU. Uh, I disagree. Uh, I think that. they're going to have their way with I, LSU. I, I think uh, this is not saving. Saving's uh, defense at Alabama is not nearly as good. As Just it. say yeah, but, it. Their pass defense sucks this year, cool. and they take a ton of penalties. Uh, Alabama. I thought you meant Ohio State. I can't, well, tell, I can't tell who you're ripping from yeah. one minute to the next. Uh, guys, we only got about two minutes. We got to get to predictions of what. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. What are we I think predict? I think Penn State wins comfortably, but I don't think they cover 19 and a half because as bad as Michigan State has been this year, and they are bad, make no bones about it, they don't quit. So give them credit. Somehow, even after all the Tunnelgate BS and even this week, uh, Tucker has kept the guys engaged, and they have kept the noise out. They play hard. They haven't rolled over. I don't think that'll change today, but I do think it'll be comfortable for Penn State. I'll say... Uh, Penn State 34, Michigan State 17. 32-15, Penn State. All right, so we both have a 17-point differential, right? 31-14, Although, with the weather being as good as it is, there could be more scoring. Bigger question. Does State get into a bowl game? 
They'll be five and seven. I at this point I say yes. I agree. I say yes too. Somehow, somewhere. No, but it'll. And, and, but but if it, it, it's going to be the quick lane bowl. I think they're if they're going to get into a game, it's quick lane. And that's a good segue, Tim, because if this is the end of Michigan State's football season. Thank you so much for joining us all season here on the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show, 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker, and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ from the Price Right RV Studios. But if that happens, like Tim says, if Michigan State does make a bowl game, we suspect you will be hearing from us again. Now, we can't predict the future. Obviously, there's a lot that could happen between now and then. So, depending on what happens later today, this might be the last time you hear from us in this format until September 2nd, 2023, when MSU opens up that season at home against Central Michigan. Or again, maybe you'll hear us the day after Christmas with a special live from Ford Field edition of the White Law PLSC Tailgate Show. You never know. We really don't. But in either case, we appreciate our sponsors for making this show and all the banter possible this season. And that is White Law PLLC. Price Right Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White, Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac, MSU Healthcare Sports Medicine, Doubting Industries, Shoe Pan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, Gravity Smokehouse, MSU Federal Credit Union, Dart Bank Mortgage Joe Sambear, Ameriprise Financial Craig Styles, DBI We Do Office, High Caliber Carding and Entertainment, The Student Bookstore, The Nuthouse, and Gazelle Wealth Management. And thank you for listening. Until next time, whenever it may be, go green. Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM, Lansing, and Classic Rock 94.9 WMMQ, East Lansing, Town Square Media Stations.